Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 162 of Manage the Wild. I'm Nick Madsen. Lately, I've been working on some habitat projects, uh, working on uh, some rangeland area where they do quite a bit of grazing. But it's home to, in the winter, it's home to uh, elk and deer, and there's a lot of activity that goes on in there. It's an area near to where they, uh, the winter range for a bunch of elk and deer and where they would do winter feeding for elk. And this area that uh, I'm working in, doing a lot of fencing projects, some juniper removal projects, as well as uh, preparing to harvest some of that grass uh, for the elk feeding. And I've had the opportunity to spend some time talking with the cattle company that's doing the grazing there. And it, it was interesting. They pay a couple of uh, uh, hands to go around, and they're often moving the cattle fairly quickly. The one thing that uh, we talked about in college in the, a lot of my habitat classes is about the amount of damage that potential, damage potential for overgrazing. And so when I was talking to these guys uh, about how often they're moving the cattle and how large of area that they cover and where they're pushing the cattle to, the the cattle don't have more than a, f a few days really to spend in an area. Well, I was just going over a study and it backs up what these guys are doing. This study talked about there's three main things that affect habitat. One is the frequency. How often are they coming back and feeding the plant? The other one is intensity. How much of the plant is being removed? And then the other one is opportunity. How long are they able to stay there for the growing season? So in the Frequency, uh, plants largely here in the Intermountain West have, uh, they have evolved, I guess is the correct word, to take what they call a defoliation, where an animal comes in as it's passing through grazing, it grabs a hold of the plant, eats it, and plants are largely evolved to take a single defoliation. And actually, well, some of the plants around here uh, have no problem doing two defoliation events. But anything over two defoliation events where the plant has grown to the full extent and then it gets chomped down and then it grows back up and it gets chomped down, it can handle those two. But anything more than two starts to have a negative effect on the plant. Often they will say that the grazing intensity was really high. And I never really understood until now what the word intensity actually meant. Like they're bringing a lot of cattle in or they're bringing a lot of sheep in. Yes, I can see it. Is that what you mean by high intensity? And oftentimes they're talking about how much of the plant they're removing. If you were to take uh, a, some, some type of grass, like a, a smooth brome, and you graze off the top... The, the animal's coming in and it's not removing very, that's very light intensity. A very heavy intensity is really detrimental to the plant, meaning they've removed more than 50% of the photosynthetic generating material. So if they eat more than 50% of that plant, that's heavy intensity. Oftentimes you'll see a pasture near somebody's home where the grasses are just nibbled right down to the dirt. 
that's what you would call high intensity because they're removing so much that it's having a hard time coming back. And then the other one that they often talk about is opportunity. How long in the growing season? You know, back in uh, the day, I guess, I'm thinking uh, the 40s, 50s, 60s, you know, even into the 80s, uh, the grazing intensity and the season were, were a lot longer than they are today. I think a lot of these studies that are getting put out are helping uh, people be better land managers and realizing that they can't overgraze. So oftentimes, like this cattle company that I'm dealing with right now, they come in and they don't leave their cow, their cows in the same area for very long. They're constantly pushing them away from where they started. So let's say they have point A over here and the end of their season is point B, however many acres that, you know, these guys are on about 16, 17,000 acres. And they're constantly working from point A pushing these cows to point B over the season. Now they're going to pull these guys out in about September, but they started June 1st and they're constantly, now the cattle are going to be working in, but always back to A because that's where they started and that's some of the easier terrain, but they're constantly pushing them and they're getting, they're bringing more hands in and they'll push the cattle and they're constantly working them to point B to keep them from overgrazing. And so this study was very interesting and the way they these guys approach it was very interesting because they're largely in line. And oftentimes when there's forest service leases or state leases and they're bringing their cattle in, they have certain objectives. And this is what these guys are doing. They're, the defoliation after the first event you're growing back season for these grasses, these cool grasses, are going to be roughly 7 to 10 days. So if the cattle are left there for longer than 10 days, you're going to have multiple defoliation events. And these cattle are often not allowed to be there for more than 10 days. They're, and they're, they're very spread out, and they're pushing them. And so you're only in this area that they're grazing, there's only one defoliation event generally happening. Now, elk and deer can come in and that will create another defoliation, but it's pretty low for this time of year for them. They're, they're higher in elevation. And so they're getting that one defoliation event and then they're pushing them on. As far as intensity, the grass right now is above my belly button. And so these guys, when they are grazing on some of this stuff, they're not having to bend over and grab it all the way at the bottom. And so the intensity at which they are grazing on it is not very high. It's very low intensity because they're leaving more than 50%. They're even leaving, I would say, roughly three quarters of the plant. And so that event and intensity is not very high when it is happening. And the opportunity, again, is very low because they're constantly keeping these cows moving from one area to another, not allowing them to stay for weeks or months on end in a certain area. And you'll, off, and you'll notice this in the, the watershed 
areas, these riparian areas where these cattle are at as well. The sites don't look degraded. They're not having a breakdown of the banks because every day that the, the hands come into these cattle and they see them near these riparian areas, they're immediately driving them out. So these cattle will be driven away from these riparian areas. And then they will slowly migrate back to them and then they get driven out again. They're just not allowed to sit there all summer eating high intensity, multiple defoliation events on these riparian areas that are so crucial. And so it's just interesting to see how research that is done well and explained well to these ranchers and then these ranchers go out and they see what you're talking about and see what researchers talking about and they see the benefits of low intensity, low frequency, minimal opportunity and how beneficial that is for habitat and years to come. So next time you guys are out and about and you see grazing, notice what type of system they're employing. Now, just because a ranch hand or... Uh, whatever is not present when you're going through just look at the ground how intense are they grazing those areas how much are these cattle being allowed to stay in these riparian areas and are they causing damage that's almost irreparable and uh, it'll give you a better understanding of how well they are or how well they care about the habitat that they are in all right you guys have a great day stay wild